Welcome to NREI's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at nreionline.com. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. Today, David has brought a special guest on the show. That is Adam Gower, PhD, and he is an authority in content marketing for real estate industry. He has more than 30 years and $1.5 billion of transactional experience in commercial real estate finance and investment. And over the last five years, he's built a digital marketing agency at GowerCrowd.com. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? I'm doing Fantastic. well. Thank you. All right, Adam, thank you so much for being here. And David, thank you for bringing him on the show. David, why did you bring him on the show? I mean, obviously, we, we know the, the bio there, and this fits right with your subject. But why specifically did you bring him on to today's show? Well, um, you know, Adam actually brought me on to his podcast not that long ago. We had a really, um, you know, great conversation. And from that, we have um, been working together a little more where Adam has been providing a bi-weekly column to NREI. And so I thought it would be good, you know, especially, I think when we recorded that, that was maybe a week or two before we went into lockdown. So even though, (laughs) you know, even though it was only like three months ago in real time, it was like a whole other, you know, decade in terms of where we were in the commercial real estate industry. So I thought it would be just good for all those reasons, just to kind of bring you in and um, check in and, and have a, have a conversation. So, so how, how are you doing? Well, yes, you know, it's uh, actually interesting times, wasn't it? That uh, we did record that show right before everything ground to a halt. And uh, gosh, it seems like that was a long time ago, actually. (laughs) And so since then, I would say, you know, a lot of kind of evolution, to try and accommodate what is going on and to adapt to the circumstances. So what I, actually things are going well now, we're extremely busy, but what I did, David, once uh, that did hit, once it hit was I actually took down for a period of time, all of my content, unbelievable. Years and years of content that was rotating on social media because I thought that it was tone deaf that to be talking about kind of the run of the mill, social media content marketing practices, best of class, though they were, was to completely ignore the main topic, right? The Mm -hmm. one thing that everybody really wanted to talk about. So I switched off all systems and actually went into hyper overdrive to replace in sheer volume covid related content and so that's what i did for i don't know two or three years i think it seemed like anyway (laughs) uh certainly my team i think thought that there was uh like how did this happen we were busy before but we've gone ballistic yeah and now i think things are changing again uh and so you know, another phase of this whole cycle is is coming about. So we're just, I think the answer to your question is we're just ad- adapting as circumstances change. So could you just talk for a minute about what you do w- with your company and how you work with cl- your clients and, and, and what are what are the things, 
what are the things that people are, are coming to you for and, and how, you know, how has that changed in the past weeks and months? Mm. Uh, right. So what we do, <laughs> I did say I would tap things out my computer, yeah. <laughs> not using a hammer, but you can probably still hear it. I imagine. I just <laughs> want to remember one thing, important point. Yes. Yeah, so what we do is we build sophisticated digital marketing platforms or content marketing platforms primarily for real estate developers so they can raise more money online, right? Basically taking the capital formation process mm -hmm. from the analog in-person world to the online world. And to me, this is an extremely exciting job. It's not really a job, you know, it's, it's what I do, but I find it extremely exciting because I spent so much of my career raising money for the deals that I was working on instead of actually working on the deals and finding the deals that, that when it, when the world or when the regulations actually shifted and allowed us to do this online, mm -hmm. it just occurred to me that the ability to leverage one's time by digitizing one's pitch and background and story was just incredible. So I started to build a platform and started to explore all the different techniques that are best of class used in the industry, but also used by other industries, right? Because they've been using them for a lot longer than the real estate industry mm -hmm. and applying them. And so what we do now is we build uh, best of class content marketing systems for, for developers. And I think there's another part to your question. Well, the, yeah, the other part was that, so like given that backdrop, now we're in this crazy period where mm -hmm. I, th I think if we look at like transaction volume, uh, overall, the, the numbers from that come out from, from March and April and didn't come to a complete stand stop, but, but maybe I think, I think April is something like 70% down in, in volume. So there's a temporary drop in transactions or there's a, and I think there's a, there's a period where a lot of people are now doing a wait and see or trying to figure out where, you know, how to reprice or how to do price discovery right now. So where does that, so then what, what are the things that your clients you now are asking for in this kind of a climate? It, it's interesting. I would say that right now, is actually a bit of the quiet before the storm, mm -hmm. right? And this is just in yeah, terms of the, the industry. And, and let me kind of characterize that a little bit for you. There's one word, David, that I've been tracking, actually using Google Analytics quite intensively since almost exactly the time that you and I first spoke, right before this thing really took off, or when I actually took down my content. And that word is the word distressed, <laughs> distressed real okay. estate. Now, what happened, and this is consistent throughout mm -hmm. all downturns. I remember this explicitly from the last one, or vividly, I should say, from the last downturn. When the, when the market first took its nosedive, um, everybody kind of went into shock, right? right? And the same happened this time. It's like, what the heck is going on? And so the idea of immediately perking up to talk about distressed real estate, as some people did, was distasteful very early on, uh, right after you and I first, start, start, uh, first spoke, right? And 
so what I did was to double down on content just to just to uh, communicate with the audience. And that's what I advise my clients to do. And so what we did was we ad adapted all of our communication to incorporate sensitivity to the way that the market and the way that the economy was changing. Right. So that was the first phase of what happened was to just be sensitive to what's going on. What I've noticed, though, as actually predicted, as I predicted right at the beginning, is that the, at that time, the word distressed real estate wasn't used. It was inappropriate, right? It was tone deaf to what was going on. Now, however, that term is becoming increasingly in vogue. In fact, yeah. you actually sent out, you guys set out, sent out, and there's actually been a few people in the industry uh, high visibility people that I've been communicating with specifically about the use of this term, right? Mm -hmm. Because you'll know when it's time to really change your approach to what's going on when you see this term being used more and more. And you guys sent out a, an email that was 100% about yes. distressed real estate. Yeah, and that's that, <laughs> right? right? That was what it, but you could not have done that two months ago. But you can now because it's becoming increasingly what everybody's looking for. So I think that there is a, a slight slowdown in anticipation or as people anticipate the deal flow, the opportunistic deal flow that is going to be coming down the pipe over the next few months. The characteristics of this downturn are different than they were last time. Uh, and so there are bigger questions or there's still a lot of questions but so my clients as, as i advise my clients now is the time to be looking for distressed real estate opportunities because investors you're gonna have to if you got if you want to stay in the business and, and you're not fighting with legacy problems right you've got past your legacy issues you've got that under control you're now going to have to bring to the table deals with stories, right? <laughs> basically, in order to gain uh, the attention of investors. Yeah, I mean, that makes that makes a ton of sense. And like, you know, like I said, I, I think I did the same thing around starting to search for the word distress right away. And then we also had this plan around, all right, you know, we remembered that, because it wasn't really that long ago, I mean, it was 10 years ago or so after the great recession we had a long and robust distressed real estate cycle that i think probably didn't even wind up. i i looked and and in fact that this newsletter that we relaunched is a is a relaunch distressed real estate strategies is a newsletter we did in the last cycle we ran it I, we started it i believe in you know maybe 2011 and we ran it through 2014 so that's kind of like at least from from our perspective, when that how long that last distress cycle was something that we were highly attuned to in in, in writing about regular regularly. So wanted to get us um, positioned to be able to do that kind of coverage again. And you know, and it wasn't immediate, like you said, and it wasn't it, for for a number of reasons. But I think we are now that we're a couple months in and. There's, a, I think, a separation of, of the 
real problem, you know, the, the, pro the properties that have real problems from the ones that maybe just needed some time. But I think, you know, we are, it does really seem like from everybody I talk to, and then from all the money that you're seeing that's already being lined up, we are going to have this um, cycle being playing out over the next, you know, 18, 24 months. I don't know. What, yeah. what, do, you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's certainly the, you know, I've been talking to a lot of people also about where opportunities are going to be and how they're going to emerge. And there's definitely a sense that it will be played out over a long period of time. There's no doubt about it. Um, the, one of the reasons that I think that it is particularly timely now, David, for you guys to be dusting off the old newsletter, <laughs> right? if you can do such a thing online, uh, yeah. is that people have become acclimatized to the world right with uh, with with covid we know what it is we've, we we're used to it it's no less scary but you know what we're kind of getting used to it and so people i think investors and sponsors everybody is starting to look for an exit and in the real estate world an exit means finding deals right finding opportunity and so um it, it, there's, certainly a, there's certainly a sense that it's going to take some time. Uh, the, the June 1st, actually, which is coming up right next week, will be the third first of the month mm -hmm. uh, that rent payments were due since lockdowns began. Right. And as you know, that's a really important point because at that point, loans go 90 days past due. Right. And once that happens, they are irrevocably, unless there's some statutory change, they are irrevocably non-performing. And so once that starts to happen, that can start to pile up on lenders' books. And the only way to deal with that is either to take on, well, basically, is to, once they become over overburdened with non-performing loans, mm -hmm. uh, they have to be they have to be sold or they have to in some way they have to be liquidated right and got off the book so it's it's as we go into the summer that i think we'll start to see opportunities but there are some really massive players there i mean yeah hundreds of billions of dollars very different <laughs> from what it looked like last time it's like how can those massive players not vacuum everything up right? yeah i mean that, that is one of the things i've been you know, yeah, like the thinking about as well is that, again, you know, people, it's not that long ago, a lot of people remember it. So a lot of people are having the same thought and a lot of money is already queued up. Right. So is it there even the possibility once these things are hitting the market that it's like going to be over, you know, like a feeding frenzy right from the start. So like, mm. what, what kind of, how are these things going to be priced? Is that going to dip into returns because it's going to be so competitive right from the jump? Well, you know, there's something else as well that's very different. That is the, 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 the very nature of the distress this time is different. Mm -hmm. Last time it was primarily driven by capital stack, right? right. Excessive debt. I mean, that's certainly the same. That, that's what creates distress after all is the capital stack, right? The inability to service debt. And right. so once that happens, then you, you know, you've, you've got to work it out or you've got to sell the loan or whatever happens, right? And you just got to go through the process. This time, though, it's the integrity of the real estate 
that is changing well the structure of the real estate so if you think about restaurants having to have mm -hmm. chairs or tables six feet away instead of you know elbow to elbow or hotels and the cost structure of hotels or offices right and and the the potent the, the climatization that people have to working remotely versus mm -hmm. the need for more space per person inside an office building so in terms of dealing with distress this time and finding opportunities, the narrative has to be not only do we have a good discount on a piece of property, but we also have a plan for not for dealing with the way that the world is going to look and the world is going to look different this right. time. If that is your thesis, right? Yeah. If you don't think it's going to go back to the way it was. Yeah, I think that's dead on because... And I and I wonder like what, like what that does mean for, you know, if a restaurant has to reduce the number of tables and therefore can only turn over a certain number of tables per hour or whatever. Like, what kind of rent are they going to actually going to be able to afford to pay? So is that are we going to have to? So the kind of, the kind of questions that I'm having are you know if a restaurant to survive is going to have to adjust and if they can't make up that revenue through the takeout and other stuff and they and they simply can't afford the, the rent the way it was and they need a rent reduction what does that mean for the owner if their you know loans are based on a certain um based based on assumptions of higher rents and so how do you how do you resolve all that and does that be is that is that possible to resolve with the current owner or is that where the situation where they're not going to, you know, they'd have to default on their loan and then it's going to be someone else buying the property for less who can, who can get a return on the new lowered rent. Right. Well, that's right. I mean, that's where pricing, price discovery comes in, right? Because yeah. if you can, at, at some price, every asset makes sense. Right. But what is that price? If, you, if you're having revenues that are picking a number out of my area, right? but fifth, let's say 50%. Uh, for any retail or restaurant business, first of all, can they survive? And is that lack of revenue even, can it even be compensated for by lower rent? Right. So, I mean, you've got to look right, at the right. economics of all of it. Or is it just not possible to function unless you have zero rent? Right. So I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's not quite the same as simply working through complicated convoluted financial structures that, mm -hmm. that I was used to during the last downturn where capital stacks were just were complicated and, and cash had run out. But you knew once you got to the other side of that, right, be it a bankruptcy or a negotiated workout, whatever it was, that you had a piece of real estate for which you could predict the economics going forwards. Mm -hmm. This time, that, pre that predictive ability has been taken away and that's what makes it different i mean so the word that i've got down here is adaptive reuse mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. the finding opportunities that maybe never existed before i mean i've seen talk of hotels being adapted to multifamily use mm -hmm. for example or to senior housing which has its own problems as well of course but what other kinds of applications those are the things that are most interesting to me is to see yeah what creative solutions people are coming up with for assets that are obsolete potentially obsolete now 
yeah i think that's 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 definitely going to be fascinating to 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 watch or to see who if there is this continued shake out with the retailers and fewer retailers to go around are there what other kind of other kind of uses can go into those kind of spaces that aren't your traditional retail which is certainly something we've already been experiencing in recent years but just an acceleration of that i mean i think i've heard some you know there's interest among some kind of tenants that have typically been in medical office but me you know are are more open to having like a presence in a retail setting practices that 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 have that kind of thing so we could see you know acceleration of that as, as a potentiality for a way to fill some of the the vacant retail space but i think i don't know i guess like ultimately what what it seems like to me is that we're gonna you know these are the kinds of the period these periods are the are the times in which the most you know creative and innovative developers and investors kind of like thrive because this is the 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 ones who can who can figure this stuff out you know this is this is their time as opposed to the time when everything's clicking and you just buy buy an asset buy a core asset you got it rented up you just collect your income and you're you know, you get the whatever property appreciation that happens, but it's fairly, you know, it's nothing's ever easy, but I mean, it's a little bit easier than if you have to go in and work, you know, work the real estate. You know, it's an interesting point, that isn't it? Because, you know, as, as we think about it, you know, my sense is that if there is a vaccine, right, mm-hmm. for this thing, and everybody suddenly starts to feel comfortable doing everything normally again, then everything we're discussing kind of becomes moot right right, right? It's, we just we really just go straight back, go back to the to status quo yeah. ante right basically yeah. boom it switches it off but there are some changes and the interesting change this is what you and i talked about last time david was this migration from physical media in your case in my case to actually meeting somebody in person mm-hmm. and this migration to digital and how it's changed your life as a career journalist or or media professional and mine as a as a real estate guy but what's happened during this crisis that's fascinating is this idea that people are now uh, have become much more used to working remotely Mm -hmm. and that's something that will be interesting to see i think that's probably one of the greatest potential changes to the way that the landscape looked post-covid is this propensity to work remotely. And if I can just, and I'd love to hear what you think about this, but let me just share with you a thought that I've had about that because I've been working in a remote location for about five years. It's actually how I ended up figuring out how to work digitally and mastering this, this, this art, if you like. And I, the, the idea to me that remote working and working first of all the idea of working from home and remote working are not synonymous right these are not synonymous ideas remote working doesn't mean that you have to work out of your house what it means is that you are remote from the mothership of your company that's what it means but i don't think that people want to work out of their homes that what will happen is that there will be a migration to shared office spaces 
where you go in, you still have an office environment. You don't have any of the local, the, the, the company politics, right? It's all that kind of nonsense because you're working with other people who are working remotely. And that actually office space will, that the, that the WeWork idea, for example, was incredibly successful. People loved to work in those spaces. I've been working in, not WeWork, but in a similar. And it is an incredibly productive, enjoyable environment to work out of. What failed with WeWork was not the thesis that people want to work that way. It was the economics of the way their business was structured that failed. And so actually one of the biggest opportunities going post-COVID will be to figure out how to crack that nut. I think I've now been... Working remote for, I think I figured out today is 80, is actually my 80th day since the last time I was in an, in the office or even on the subway, which is kind of, I think this is the longest time since I've been in New York to, without even stepping foot on the subway. It's kind of incredible. You know, we had a pretty, we had an open office environment. And I understand that it's, it, it, those work for, you know, if you're in a very team oriented group and you've got you know a lot of a lot of collaboration that's great i actually find you know given we're doing a lot of writing and editing and posting and stuff like our team has functioned fairly well just doing this 100 work from home thing collaborating on slack um and microsoft teams and zoom and using all these you know just trying all these things out um so i'm kind of curious to see what happens for my our my own company in addition to just the new york office market in general because i think there is going to be this new mix of things where we discover the kind of roles that thrive more in those environments. And, and also, frankly, my office, we literally couldn't go back and, and the way that we were and, and have the six foot separation. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to go back in some kind of modified way. So, but yeah, for us, you know, we, it's, it's worked okay. And I don't think that's worked. My company does a lot of different things. And I think some of the groups are, are itching to get back more more rapidly, but I'm kind of curious to see, you know, how this plays out, particularly in the New York market, where obviously we have all these office, you know, all these. I mean, because one of the things is like, how are we all going to get on off the elevators? <laughs> That's right. So I also don't think it's going to be one of those things where, like, you know, suddenly everybody 100% works from home now, but um, it's not going to be like that kind of a paradigm shift. But it 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 will be. an interesting blend of approaches and i'm I'm eager to see how it plays out i think from what they've what what my company has been talking about though is like we're we're probably still not looking at even starting to bring people back until maybe the end of the summer Mm. yeah question questions still remain (laughs) david we've still got a long way to go before we can see through the fog of this whole thing you're are you in california is that right yes so, and then how, how are things where, where, where you sit right now? Well, you know, I'm actually in a remote location. I'm on the central coast in uh, ag country, agriculture. Mm. I'm surrounded by fields and birds. So, I don't, you know, I used to live in L.A. and I'm thankful, have been since we left, particularly <laughs> thankful now that I'm not in this massive metropolis. So, here, yeah, life hasn't change that much i've just stopped going into this co-working space and i've been working out my study here but i've got a whole studio set up so it's 
it's quite comfortable. From what you've written for us, you know, hopefully people that are listening to this have a chance to read your columns, but like the, you know, the advice that you've had about setting up home studios and, and, you know, doing some of these other, other things online, I think it's been very useful because you, you, you had a running start with, with all these strategies and it seems like it's just, you can kind of, you know, keep going with them. Yeah. I, I get you know, a lot of people comment on that the way that I, you know, I put together this thing right at the beginning, how to set up a, a home studio. And as I think as, as people kind of become more used to the idea of working from home, not wanting to look like they're in their bedroom, <laughs> uh, setting something up that is a little bit more polished uh, is, <laughs> is good. Yeah. Have you followed there's the Twitter account? There's this Twitter account called Room Raider, which has been, you know, looking, <laughs> f- following all of the the people that are doing the cable news hits from home now and just kind of rating their rooms and where they're doing <laughs> their hits. No, from. I haven't, but it, it sounds like uh, it sounds a bit like the people of Walmart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I haven't even seen that one. It is. It is. Uh, it is. Oh, it is here it is. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. No. Yeah. That's so fine. who's got who's got nice bookshelves? Who's got some flowers? Like it's it's it is fun because just you know you watch cable news, you see these people in the studio all the time. It is kind of funny to now see them all doing this from their living rooms or in yes. some cases their children's rate bedrooms. The room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can see what books they've got on the shelf behind them, right? Exactly. Them everyone's staging it. Yeah. <laughs> who's who's thinking about that and who's not? Like who's put the books there? Like, oh yeah, they clearly put that book there. Versus, you know, who, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's a fun, fun little look into people's lives that we didn't have before. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I should, I, should, I should have a look at that. All right. Well, I want to thank you for um, um, coming on the podcast and, uh, you know, very interesting to, to hear your perspectives on all these things and appreciate that. And um, yeah, I mean, and, you know, we will be able to, to circle back again in a, in a few months and, and see where, where everything's at. David, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it's a real, real pleasure getting to know you and, and your team. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Guys, this is fantastic. I, I've just got two comments. Adam, you did a fantastic job, man. I, I loved it. If you look at the book behind me, which the audience, of course, can't because this is a podcast, you would find front and center the complete far side because that's how my brain works. That's, that's what I've got there. <laughs> that's exactly what was in my mind exactly. actually, when you. I was saying, Billy, you look at the book. Do you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what I've got there. And then, David, a comment for you. From what I've heard, New York is going to make everybody take the stairs from this point forward, uh, six feet apart. So good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Please don't write anybody, a congressman. <laughs> center nothing I, I made that up everybody if you're listening to this you don't have to take the stairs in the 70 story building i promise exactly. well i'm not gonna oh promise anything goodness. no well, promise we'd all get a lot fitter if we had to do that yeah. Like, yeah don't give my wife any ideas there adam i appreciate that very <laughs> yeah. much i work from home you know but what it's three I've, heard, stories. I've heard somebody <laughs> somebody's talking about uh it's not c dash it's not covid dash 19 it's COVID plus 19. Yeah, I'm, I'm six pounds into that. We're all taking on. <laughs> I'm six pounds into that. Thank you very much for bringing that up. <laughs> and I, I do want to shut this down in a timely matter. So, guys, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast, doing the podcast. Adam, you're a great guest. David, thank you again for bringing him here. And the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for listening to the Common Area Podcast with David Bodemer. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when David comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your colleagues. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at NREI, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. And we'll talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NREI or Informa. The content has been made available for information and educational purposes only.